Good evening, Dominion. I'm going to preach to this side of the church tonight. I said, good evening, Dominion. Okay, y'all are alive over here. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Good evening, Dominion. I wasn't talking to y'all. I was talking to them. Y'all just had your turn. So good to have you with us tonight. God bless you. Um, I know that uh, the, cra- the crowd seems a little skimped tonight because there's so much sickness going around. And I want to do something tonight because we have the authority in the name of Jesus to do it. And something was breaking in prayer meeting tonight. So we want to, we want to release what was happening in prayer meeting tonight. We want to release that right on over there into 169 different nations that is being streamed through right now. Somebody give God praise for a ministry that's going into all the world. I don't know if y'all saw it. I don't know if y'all saw it, but you know, I was voted one of the top 12 kingdom builders. Of 2022, honestly, all jokes aside, I say I said that kind of jokingly, and then I realized that's not nothing to be joking about because I'm just humbled by what God's done with an obedient yes, amen. God will use you, and I just want to encourage you, um, no matter where you are, where you're from, what you've done, if you'll give God your yes, your best days are ahead of you, amen. And um, we're so thankful, though, for Dominion TV, the platform in which they've given us to be able to reach into 169 different countries and all that is happening through that ministry. And uh, so I want to give a live shout out to you, uh, Bishop Dutton and all the Dominion broadcasters. Thank you so much for your nomination. We are greatly appreciative of it. And uh, we hope that we can only continue to build the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to pray right now, if you all will, stretch your hand towards that camera up there that's going into living rooms, cars, whatever, all over the place, because there's too much sickness around. We ain't got time for that junk. In the name of Sweet Brown, ain't nobody got time for that. So we're going to say, in Jesus' name, Father God, we thank you right now that through your blood that was shed, our healing is released right now. Father, we bind every strand of COVID, the flu A and the flu B and strep in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that your spirit is not limited to geographical area. But God, through the airwaves, you go and move and minister, God, even right now into hearts and homes, God, of everyone that is watching live or even on a replay. Father, we thank you that your power, your spirit, God, is alive, quickening their mortal bodies. Father, we curse every virus and we claim it trespassing in the name of Jesus. We declare that the blood-bought redeemed of the Lord are healed his property and every virus is trespassing in the name of Jesus. We cancel you null and void by the blood of Jesus as a testimony against you and we send you back to the pits of hell and from which you've come and by faith we stand in agreement tonight and we break every sickness of every believer right now in the name of Jesus. God you said in your word that you healed the fever of Peter's mother. God there is no sickness that you're willing to overlook so tonight 
tonight, God, we bind every infirmity in the name of Jesus. Right now, God, we declare fevers to break, temperatures to come down, and bodies to get in alignment with the blood of Jesus. My God, I feel this tonight. Father, we thank you that healing is coming now upon the lives of those that have professed Jesus as Lord. For this is the testimony. This is the promise of the redeemed of the Lord. Father, in Psalms 91, you said no sickness would come nigh our dwelling. And if it came in one way, it would flee in seven. God, we thank you for the fleeing of infirmity tonight in the house. In Jesus' mighty name, somebody that feels this thing, shout amen. Woo! Don't ever bring me coffee before service again. My God, I feel him here tonight. Amen. Woo, I was feeling some kind of way before I even drank the coffee, and now I'm jacked up even more. Um, I want to continue tonight on a message. Honestly, I had no intention of carrying into a part two. I really didn't. But things continue to speak to me and, and, and confirm this message that I'm speaking on peace on earth as a question. Because uh, just this last week, I was riding... Uh, through Walmart with Jamie. I was riding through the parking lot and we were talking about everything that was happening around us through friends that are having things stolen. Uh, come on, somebody. Some of, some of y'all in this house tonight, I ain't going to call you by name, but I'll tell you this, what the Bible does say that when the thief's caught, he's got to repay it seven times. Hey, hey, hey. Let me speak, because i got a couple of my brothers that I know have had things stolen from them. Listen, the Bible says when the thief's caught, he's got to return it seven times. But let me tell you something else. Don't ever allow, allow the enemy to steal something in the natural, but also allow him to steal something from you in the spirit. Because that's what he's trying to do. He's really trying to disrupt your peace, your joy, and your firm standing in the Lord. If you're facing hell, and if you're facing adversity, and the enemy's coming against you, congratulations, you're no longer playing on his team. And that's the, hey, that's a word. Some of y'all wonder why it was so easy. Before you started living for the Lord, it's because you were fighting for the devil. And so there was no devil to fight because you were on his team. Now you wonder why it's so hard. Amen. But we were riding through and uh, we were talking about all the junk that's going on. And she said these words and they pricked me in my heart and I have not been able to shake them all week. She said, well, you know, it's Christmas time, so everything's going to get bad. What? 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 Because, and what she was saying was that around Christmas time, it seems as though there's more thievery, there's more break-in, there's people getting beat up, there's people robbing, stealing, and overdosing. Come on, somebody. Y'all ever notice that? That around this time of year, this is the time of year when things get bad. But see, it's contrary to what we should be celebrating in this season. And God spoke these words to me. He said, it is the chaos of Christmas. Why does it seem that a time and a season when we should be celebrating that there are many that are suffering? Why is it in a time of the year that we should all be pushing pause? It seems like we are mashing the gas. Come on, somebody. And could it be the trickery of the enemy to get our, fi our, our focus off of what really matters in this season? Amen. We have, you know, 
the, the, the craziest thing about the enemy is this, that he is not a creator, but he is a copycatter. Watch. He couldn't create angels. He could only copycat angels, and therefore he converted demons. Do you see what I'm saying? God created heaven, earth, the angels, and all the beings. But he's not a creator, so he can't create, so he has to copycat. Could it be that the enemy, in his trickery, has created a copycat of Christmas and allowed us to buy into a lie, to believe into something that we missed the whole idea of the message and the method of God in this time of year? We have taken a season that should be subtle, that should be peaceful and joyful, a time of reckoning and remembering. And we have made it about how we can fill our tables and fill trees and empty our bank accounts and and get this and before that one gets it and my kid wants it, so I'm going to get it. Do you see the chaos of Christmas? And yet we say, it's this time of year, peace on earth, and goodwill towards men. What a lie. What a lie. Last week I spoke to you on the posture of peace, understanding that peace is maybe not a promise as much as it is a posture. Tonight I want to talk to you, and I'm done with peace after this, so don't worry if you don't want to hear any more messages on peace because you love your little chaotic life, then you won't have to worry next Wednesday you can come hear something about the joy of the Lord. But... Um, tonight I want to talk to you about the possibility of peace. Is peace possible in a world that is so chaotic? It is. Amen. That's, we can do an altar call and I'll go home because y'all all say it is. So glory to God, you know this message already. There's no need for me to preach it. It is possible. But it's only possible through a matter of perception. If you will, please stand with me through the reverence of reading God's word, Luke chapter 2. Because I'm about to disrupt your peace to replace it with the right peace. Do you hear what I'm saying tonight? Watch. Can I teach to you all tonight? Say, teach me the word, preacher. And I'll shout back, I'll try. Luke chapter 2 and verse 11 says, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined in by a vast host of others and the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the anointing God that will establish, that will make it easy. God, that will reach high and grasp low. Father God, we thank you tonight that I am nothing but a vessel, Father God, a vessel in which I ask you to speak so fluently through, Father God, that the hearts of men and women may be pierced, not by my words, but by yours. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that it will be your word in which will establish the fruit of this peace in which will be spoken of tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now shout the word, peace. peace. Amen. Amen. You may be seated all over the house. So last week we talked about the posture of peace, but tonight I want to dig a little deeper on the idea of the possibility of peace in a world that seems to be so chaotic. You know, it's funny to me that if you ask people what they want in life, you will find that many people will say things like, well, I, you know, I want money. You know, if, if you, if you could have a wish of one thing that you would want in life, what would it be? Some people would say, well, I want money because if I got money, it would solve all my problems. And, and and some people would say, well, I, I just want happiness. Can I tell you something that money doesn't mean that you'll have happiness. And some of the happiest people ain't got no money. 
Other people would be like, well, I just want a good marriage. You can want that, but it ain't promised. And there's a lot of people, watch this, watch this. There's a lot of people that wish for a lot of things, a lot of good things. But watch, watch. Really what they are missing is something called peace. If I have peace, then I have peace over my financial standings. If I have peace, then I understand that my happiness is not conditional on my circumstance, but in whom my heart trusts. If I have peace, then it doesn't matter whether my marriage is good or my marriage is bad. Occupying a space called peace is the most powerful posture of every believer. That the enemy doesn't always want to disrupt you if he can just rob you of your peace. Because peace... The absence of peace will create many more problems in your life. I believe what we see in this season is not the absence or the chaos of Christmas, but the absence of peace. I believe people think they can purchase peace. I think people think they can put peace in a present. My God, let me help the young parents out. Do not break your bank account for that powers wheel because that little snotty-nosed joker is only going to ride it for two weeks. Then he's going to lose the charger, and you're going to be broke, and he's going to be without a power wheel. Let me tell you something. Get him a Bible. <laughs> he's only two, preacher. I don't care. Put it under his pillow. It'll, it'll endure through the night. <laughs> but hear me tonight, though. Seriously. So many of us throw our world in chaos thinking that we can purchase some sort of peace. Thinking that we can provide some sort of peace. But can I tell you something? You can't give what you ain't got. And I think a lot of the reason why we see the absence of peace is because we don't see a church that's at peace. Always looking for the next best thing. Always wanting this to happen, this to happen, this to happen. And you know, I'm preaching to myself real good. Because being a visionary leader, one of the, one of the most powerful things I'm learning is to be content with where I'm at. Because I can see, watch this, I can see 20 years down the road. I can see it. I can see 20 years down the road. And it kills me not to be there tonight. But you gotta learn to be at peace with where you are, with what you have, and what God's given you to work this season with. When you can learn the power of contentment, then you can learn the power to contain your peace and not lose it when things don't go your way. Am I helping anybody tonight? Watch, 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 watch. See, what we find out is what people really want in life is peace. You don't need money in the bank if you got peace. You don't need a, a, a successful outward appearance in life if you've got peace. Because I know a lot of successful people, and let me tell you something, inwardly they feel empty. You don't need a great marriage if you got peace. You can learn to be content with where you are and what God's given you. And you can learn to operate in a space called peace. A lot of people, though, listen to me, a lot of people, they want peace. But the problem is, is when they want peace, they think it comes in some other form. 
Well, I got to get this relationship so I can get my peace back. Well, I got to go get this job. If I get this job, then I can have my peace. If my business will be able to do this amount of money next year, then I can have my peace back. See, the problem is, is even in the church, we think our peace comes from the world. But Jesus said, when I give it to you, it's my peace. And see, let me tell you the most peaceful thing is there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. And it don't come from anything in the world. And if it don't come from anything in the world, then there is nothing in this world that you can do to get peace. Nothing. There's no job. There's no relationship. There's no financial standing. My God, but the most powerful thing you can have as a person is your peace. Watch, I'm going to show it to you. Isaiah 26. In the context of Isaiah 26, it's in a season of fear, unsettledness, and Isaiah prophesies a day. Of unbridled worship. Isaiah 26. Watch this. So powerful. Everything is in fear. Everything's in turmoil. Everything is in chaos. And Isaiah rises with a word of prophecy. And he says, and in that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is strong. And we are surrounded by the walls of the God of our salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Watch, here it is. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. I love that Isaiah's, watch this, watch this. I love that Isaiah's promise is this. You will be kept in perfect peace. Let's be honest. A lot of us, we're more familiar with something called imperfect peace. Come on. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Things ain't good. You're really not happy. But you've learned to be content. Somewhat. And the real problem is, is we put peace on the outside. But we ain't got no peace on the inside. We've learned to sit subtle and fold our little hands in church. We even raise our hands and we sing the songs. Some of us, we're real spiritual. We dance around. We look like we're at peace. Then we leave here and we're in turmoil. We leave here and we're angry. We leave here and we're cussing. We leave here and we talk about how, uh, you know, this, this, this is terrible. That's terrible. Oh, but glory to God. You were just in worship 30 minutes ago. That's what I call imperfect peace. You look like you got it on the outside, but on the inside you're at war with yourself. And we have settled for an imperfect peace. But Isaiah prophesied that a day is coming where we will be in perfect peace. Watch, watch, watch. Kept in perfect peace. Not coming into perfect peace only to leave for a little while, but kept in perfect peace. The word there for peace is a word known as shalom. Everyone shout that word. I'm going to teach you something tonight. Shalom. It's a word that speaks of wholeness, completeness, fullness of peace. But watch this. It was a Jewish greeting. When you would greet one another, when you came to the synagogue, when you went to the market, you would walk and you would say, Shalom. And you would hear the response, Shalom. As we say hello, they said, Shalom. Everywhere they went, they would speak the word of peace. Peace, 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 peace. But it was a peace, not of oneself, but it was a peace of God. It was a piece that said, focus on God, 
focus on others, then focus on self, then focus on circumstances. Understanding that everything was transcending, starting first with God and then, then looking to others. And then after others, we could look into our inner, our inner self-peace and then we could evaluate our circumstances. But watch this, the original text in Hebrew, Isaiah, he literally says this. He says that rather than in the original text in Isaiah 26 where it says, and you'll be kept in perfect peace. Watch this, he said, you will be kept in shalom, shalom. Oh, my God, I could preach that if y'all didn't just tell me to teach. you got to understand that biblically, anytime there's pronunciation of words in the, in the Hebrew culture, it was to place emphasis. The Bible says many, many, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out devils. He'll say, depart me. I never knew you. The angels, the cherubim, fly around his throne and they cry day in and, and, and day in and day out. Holy, holy, holy. It's the only word that's mentioned three times consecutively in the Bible to place a sense of importance that's on it. Isaiah in Isaiah 26 says these words. He said, you will be kept in shalom, shalom. In other words, watch this. What he was saying was he said, I'm not just going to give you a piece. I'm going to give you a double portion piece. It's a perfect piece. It is peace, peace. They will be able to shout under the mountain, grace, grace. It's, it's the emphasis. Isaiah comes prophesying. He says, there is shalom, shalom coming. There is peace, peace, a double portion peace that is coming in that day. Can I tell you something? Peace does not mean that your life is absent of trouble. Does not mean, see, watch this. You can have peace and still have problems. Woo, I'm going to help somebody tonight. You don't believe me? Have, have peace and then have kids. You'll find out peace and problems can exist in the same vessel. See, peace isn't found in the absence of problems, though. True peace is found in the presence of God. See, peace is God's presence, God's perspective, and God's promise being fulfilled in our life. When you can get God's promise, God's perspective, and God's promises activated in your life, you will see the possibility of peace. Regardless of what comes your way, you know that his promises, his, his perspective, and, and everything is working for you. And so regardless if it looks like it's falling apart, regardless if you face betrayal, regardless if you face financial ruins, you know that God's presence, his, his perspective, and his promises are warring for you that you can remain in perfect peace I didn't say you'd be absent from problems I said you'd be focused on the presence of God you can be going through hell but yay though your spirit is with me yay though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death thou art with me that's peace peace is not the absence of problems but it is the subtle attentive to the presence of God in your life. Do you know how the enemy disrupts your peace? He disrupts God's presence in your life. Some of you love it here. You know why? Because you're so attentive on his presence. Some of you say it's the only place I feel peace. Why? 
What, what, what's different than here and home? I'll tell you what. Your focus is on the presence of God. The presence of God is preached. The presence of God is summons. The presence of God is worshipped. The presence of God is, is desired to be here. And so when we focus on the presence of God, some of our lives are in total chaos, but we're still at peace because peace is not the absence of problems, but it's the focus on the presence of God. Peace is possible even in a life full of problems. You could be the most problematic person, but yet have peace. Your life could be falling apart on every side and still have peace. That's real peace. 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 You'll be kept in perfect peace. Can I tell you, the battle of peace, though, begins in your mind. Let's talk about it. The battle of peace really begins in your mind. You say, I believe what God says. But the truth is, sometimes you believe what you say more than what God says. Let's talk about your peace tonight. You know his word says, the weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. But then you say, well, they say it's stage four and it's terminal. See, I think one of the greatest battles of the posture of our peace and the possibility of peace in our life is a constant war between what God says and what we say. See, because the enemy knows that if he can get into our mind, watch, I'm going to teach it. This is all going to connect in just a moment. You're going to find out that your peace is directly connected to the way you think. Many of you, watch this, excuse the term, but your marriage sucks. Your relationships are terrible. Your job is just, is just incredibly just the worst place to work. But where the enemy is getting you is not in your marriage. It's not in your finances. It's not in your home. Where the enemy is getting you is in your mindset because how much you feed into it, how much you believe into it, how much you talk into it, how much you say, my God, I'm trying to help somebody, how bad you tell yourself it is. And the reason why you ain't at peace is because you've chosen what you say over what God says. See, the battle of peace begins in our mind. You know, I would say that my peace is greatly disrupted when my mind is disrupted. When I'm not fixed in my mind, it's hard to remain in a place called Peace, Isaiah 26 and 3, watch, Isaiah 26 and 3 out of the NIV version says, and you will keep in perfect peace those whose, Woo! hey, so now I find that the possibility of peace is directly connected to the way I think, that maybe shalom, shalom is more connected to the way I think than it is to the way people treat me, people do me, people talk about me, what they try to take from me. Maybe it's not about what I have and don't have. Maybe it's about the way I think about it. See, notice Isaiah doesn't say perfect peace, all whose minds are fixed on CNN. Notice how he doesn't say, and I'll give shalom, shalom to those who consume their mind with Fox News. I think it's amazing that he said, 
And I'll give perfect peace to those who spend six hours a day on social media. Shalom, shalom. Y'all only laugh if you're guilty. See, the truth of it is, is he didn't say, I'll give perfect peace to those who are fixed on the future. He didn't say, I'll give shalom, shalom to those who focus on their financial problems. He didn't say, I'll promise shalom, shalom to those who operate in being consumed by bad news. He said, I will give perfect peace to those whose mind is fixed, who is steadfast, who is trusting in the Lord. Let me tell you something. Everything in your life is fixating for what you're fixing on so that it can disrupt your peace the greatest thing that some of us can do in this season is unplug unplug the Christmas tree unplug Fox News unplug so my God I'm telling you it's my message Christmas morning we need an unplug Christmas maybe we've got so consumed with the lights that we've missed the light of the world maybe we're so worried about presents that we've missed his presence We've been robbed on Christmas. There's a Grinch, all right. He's a slew-footed, fork-tongued, Lucifer-lying devil. That's the Grinch of Christmas. He robbed us. Made us think it was about all this crap. And all the meanwhile, we're missing our peace. The centrality of the message of Christmas was peace on earth. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. The word that he says there in fixed, those whose minds are fixed, is the word called samak. S-A-M-A-K, a a great word to pronounce in the bathroom. (laughs) Those are for the people that come to church regularly. You get that joke. Samak. Samak. There's a... That word samak, though, fixed, literally means to lean fully into. Means like, Travis, come here real quick. So like, for me to samak, come up here. Go on this side. Plant your feet firm, son. No, not that way, this way. So so to samak, don't you let me hit the ground. So like, samak is this. See, like... I'm being held because I'm mocked. I'm fixed on, I'm leaning into completely. All my weight is relying on Travis to hold me. And what the Bible said in Isaiah 26 is when that you learn how to lean all the way into the Lord, when you learn how to put all your weight on him, he said, I'll keep you standing upright, even though the pressures are, listen, let me talk to the leaning folk in the house tonight. Some of y'all, you may be leaning, but you ain't left out. Some of y'all may be leaning, but you ain't losing. Some of y'all may be leaning, but you ain't lost. I may be on my leaning side, but I ain't on the ground, baby. I've learned how to samak into him. There's a story that Pastor Jensen Franklin tells of a, a pastor of a small church that would occasionally call on a gentleman to pray. And every time that this one particular guy would get up to pray with the strangest statement, he would end and he'd say, and oh, Lord, prop us up on our leaning side. 
And finally, the pastor pulled him aside one day and he said, I love the way you pray, but I don't understand your little closing phrase. What are you talking about? Prop us up on our leaning side. And he responded, well, pastor, I'm a farmer and I live out in a farm. And you know I live in the country and I got an old barn and it's been there a long time and I've been through a lot of weather and it's been through a lot of storms and a lot of bugs have eaten at it. Matter of fact, we got a picture of that barn. Will you pull it up for me? He said, I got to looking one day when I was riding on my tractor and I got looking at that old barn and I noticed that it was leaning to the side. So I thought to myself, oh my goodness, the barn is leaning and it's a matter of time before the whole thing falls. He continued, so you know what I did? I went and got me some pine beams and I propped it up on its leaning side. And he said, it still leans and it probably always will, but I propped it up on its leaning side and it's not going to fall down because I propped it up on its leaning side and I got to thinking about that. And when I was on the tractor I said, I, and I was praying and riding in the field, I thought about the kind of year I've had. I thought about some of the storms that I've been through and some of the people that have been bugging me and eating away at my joy and eating away at my spirit and I just got to thinking you know I'm still here and I'm still standing after all the stuff that I've been through the storms and the howling winds they couldn't topple me because I'm still standing by the grace of God and he concluded from the time on from that moment I find myself leaning, leaning toward the old desires, leaning towards anger leaning towards becoming a bitter hateful and, and, and miserable at the people that have been bugging me or leaning towards going back to the old habits and the old life I used to lose. And when I find myself start to lean towards that tendency, I just remember that old barn and I pray out, Lord, Lord, I thank you for propping me up on my leaning side. See, we got to learn to Samak, we got to learn to lean those whose minds are steadfast on him. Those who are leaning into the Lord, he'll keep at perfect peace. See, what are you leaning into tonight? Are you like that old farmer? Are you leaning into the old desires? Trouble comes and you lean into getting drunk again. Problems come and you lean in getting high again. Problems come and you lean into leaving the church. Problems come and you lean into walking out on God. Are you saying, are you saying, God, prop me up on my leaning side. Let me learn to smock into you. Let me learn to lean into you. God, I may not have it straight, but I'm still standing. God, I may not have it all together, but by the grace of God, I'm not going down. My walk may not be perfectly straight, but just prop me up on my leaning side. Hey, 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 hey. Prop me up. Prop me up. What is your mind fixed on? Do you hear what I'm preaching tonight? What is your mind fixed on? One of the most powerful things you can do is think about what you think about. You ever done that? Stop for a moment and think about where your mind drifts to when you allow it to drift. Some of y'all right now, right here, you think about fried chicken. Preacher, preaching up a sweat, and you like, man, grandma's cave fried chicken, she used to put it in cornflakes, and that was good chicken. And the preacher up here sweating. Some of y'all about to topple over. 
Think about what you think about. Think about what you think about. What is your mind fixed on? Because whatever consumes your mind is the, is the, is the direction in which you'll drift. Woo! Watch. If worldly desires, worldly thoughts, and worldly actions consume your mind, do not count it contrary when you begin to drift towards the world. But if he consumes your mind, if he, ah, see, see, peace is not the absence of problems, but it is being driven by the presence of God. And if he consumes your mind and he consumes your thoughts, then when all of a sudden your mind gets to drift, you may catch yourself in a Holy Ghost fit. You may be sitting there listening to the preacher, but all of a sudden in the presence of God, you start to remember where you were when he found you. You start to remember how he brought you out. You start to remember how he saved that child. You start to remember the night you were without. But God showed up just on time. Philippians 4.8 says, Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now watch in verse 9. Then, 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 then the God of peace will be with you. See, keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me and everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. Then, watch, watch, watch. Go back to verse 8. Because then is is a word in time. You understand that, right? It's an identifiable moment of time. In other words, it's a then, it's a now. Those kinds of things are identifiable moments of time. And when the apostle Paul is preaching to the church at Philippi, he's letting them know. Now, brothers, right now. When? Now, Now, brothers. Dear sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. And think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then we jump into verse 9. So he tells you what to do now. And then he says, then. Then the God of peace will be with you. See, God's asking you, what are you doing now? I know you what you want then, but what are you doing now? What are you fixing your mind on? What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about when you think about what you think about? When you fix the now, God says then. Then the God of peace, the God of shalom will be with you. See, my God is good. His promises are true. His word never fails. He never leaves me and never forsakes me. When I'm lost, he is my guide. When I'm weak, he is my strength. When I'm hurting, he is my comforter. Nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. What do you think about when you think about what you think about? See, this is a piece that won't make sense to those without Christ. Why? Because John 14 and 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Do you understand something? Jesus said something so powerful. My peace I give to you. See, in a world that we're looking for peace, peace is not a promise. It comes from a person. 
the person of Christ. And we can't have peace without the presence of God. Jesus Christ, the fullness of God, the 100% God, 100% man, conceived of a virgin, born, burned and birthed. And as he was, he was raised to walk in, in, in the full statues of God. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory and we saw him, God in the flesh. And yet there it is that Jesus says in John 14, my peace I give to you. My peace. My peace. I don't know about you, but I don't want the world's peace. Did you catch that? He said, not as the world gives you. Watch this. There is a false sense of peace that comes from the world. And even the church has bought into it. I'm going to take a drink on that. Wet my whistle. Because we have looked for peace in the world. We think there's something in the world that can give us peace. There is nothing in this world that can give you peace. And many of us are missing peace. But what you got to understand is the peace that you need, you can't get it absent of Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you want a life of peace, you can't have it absent of him. And the God of peace. Jesus is known as the Prince of Peace. What is Prince? It is an authoritative officer of a kingdom. He has the ability to speak on the kingdom's behalf. And so when Jesus came as the Prince of Peace, he said, I own peace. I'm a representative of peace. And when in John 14, he looked at him and he said, my peace I give to you, he commissioned us as officers of peace so that when the church moves forward, we should be walking in peace. We shall not be moved by peace. We shall be able to stand firm in the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Peace. Peace. What a powerful concept that is so missing in our world. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Notice he didn't say, I'm giving you a peace. He said, I'm giving you my peace. What is Jesus' peace? Jesus' peace is the peace that as his disciples are out. I'm closing. Come on, musicians. He's, closing, or he's, he's out on a boat and he's in the midst of a storm, the Bible says. And there arose a great storm. What is Jesus' peace? The Bible says that his disciples got very, very anxious. They got very worried. They, they thought for sure the Lord didn't even care if they perished. What is Jesus' peace? They're in turmoil. They're in chaos. They feel like the ship's about to go down. And there's Jesus. The Bible says, asleep on a pillow in the midst of the storm. What does Jesus' peace look like? Jesus' peace is a peace that surpasses all understanding. We see peace like that and we can't comprehend it. But here's the incredible promise. He said, that kind of peace I'm giving to you. That you can be in a situation where you feel like the boat's going down. And the only thing you hunting is a pillow. You can be in a moment in life where it feels like everything is falling apart. But the peace I'm going to give you, you'll be able to sleep right through it. See, some of y'all, y'all's peace has been so disturbed. You've even been lacking sleep. And the lack of sleep is an identifier of the missing of peace. Because when you're not at peace... You can't sleep. 
But Jesus is so full of peace that even though the boat's rocking, even though the water's splashing, he says, I'm at peace. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. You know what's amazing in John 14? When did Jesus promise his peace? If you read the story in its context, he offered that peace the night before his suffering. Why? Because Jesus knew peace wasn't the absence of problems. It was the presence of God. Jesus was about to face the most punishing death that man had ever faced. Matter of fact, it'd be recorded that he was beaten beyond recognition. His body tattered and torn. And the night before, he knows what's going to happen because the God who knows all and sees all, he's already seen it. What is he doing? He's not trying to hide. He's dishing out his peace. He said, my peace I give to you. What kind of peace is it? Though the world is in chaos, though you feel like things are trying to kill you and assassinate you, my peace I give you that you can remain unshakable, that you can remain steady in a world that is going to hell in a handbasket. You can be a light to a dark world, to a world that is aggravated and angry. You can be the anointing that I'll release in the earth that when it looks like everything is falling apart, you can be asleep in the bottom of life's boat. I'm giving you a peace that'll be unshakable. I'm giving you a peace that'll be unquestionable. And it's my peace that I give you. My peace. My peace. My peace. The disciples are on the boat. The big storm blows up. Stay with me all over the house. disciples are freaking Jesus is napping but you know what I realized in reading that story there was two storms that day and that's a lot like a lot of us there's a storm on the outside it's the lightning it's the flashing it's the wind And I think we've learned to be okay with those storms. If you don't believe me, then why is it a sleep sound that you can put on Alexa to go to bed at night? Alexa, play thunderstorms. And we've learned to sleep through those storms. But there's another storm in that that boat that day. And it's not a storm that can be seen with natural eyes, but it's a storm of fear. It's a storm of, are you leaving me? It's a storm of, have you messed us up? It's a storm of, did you bring me this far to die? It's a storm that says, I I don't know if I really do trust you. It's a storm that says, God, if you really see me and if you really know where I'm at, why are you sound asleep? God, why are you not answering me when I pray? See, the truth is, is the disciples, they were okay with the one storm, but it was the storm inside of them that they were really dealing with and if the truth be told a lot of us are like those disciples we're okay with the wind the waves and the lightning but it's when fear shows up inside of us that's when we've got a problem with peace Isaiah 26 told us that he would keep us in perfect peace 
Philippians 4, 6. I'll close with this verse. It says, do not be anxious about anything. My God, some of y'all need to write that down and hang it on your Christmas tree this year. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation. What situation? By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now watch, it's about to get really good and preach. And the which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your in Christ Jesus. In verse 8, he wraps it up. No, just verse 7, I'm sorry. He says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Church, this is my message to you tonight. That in this time of year, you know what you need to learn to do? You need to learn to guard your heart and guard your mind. The enemy is on assignment. And he is trying to put worry and fear and doubt in your hearts and in your minds because he wants to disrupt your peace. I am a watchman on the wall tonight, and I am telling you, I see a chaos in our society that is trying to rob people of its peace in a moment when an angel came with a prophetic declaration that peace was on earth. If peace is on earth, then why is there an absence of it? I'll tell you why. Because we thought peace was conditional with problems, but peace was never conditional with problems. Peace was always conditional with the presence of God. Where there is a lack of the presence of God, there is a lack of peace. You don't believe me? Go in the schools. Go in the courtrooms. Go to Hollywood. Go to all these places that mock and make fun of the presence of God. But you come to 1030 Pearl Street where we hold it to the highest esteem and there is peace like a river that is flowing through this place. Our lives may be falling apart, but there is peace flowing in this house. See, it's the peace of God. It's not the world's peace. And if it's not the world's peace, then the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. See, it's the peace of God. And if it's the peace of God, then it only comes from God. The only way that I can obtain this peace is by a focus on the God of peace. You want peace this season? Get God back in the midst of this season. Get God back as a central focus point of your life in this season. Some of you were talking about how chaotic and how, how crazy it is. Trust me, I know there's a lot going on. Dominion Church is a lot to blame for that. We're trying to keep a focus on God. But I'm talking about in our homes. I'm serious. Where are the families that on Christmas Eve will gather around the gospel of Luke and they will read the story of the virgin birth? Have we missed it? And our world is in chaos so much so that when I ride through Walmart parking lot, my wife has the utterance of her mouth that says, well, you know, it's Christmas, so things are going to get bad. And you know, that's a persona in our community that people expect things to get worse around the holidays because there is such chaos. Because there's such a lack of the desire of the presence of God. Peace isn't found in the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of God. I want to take a few minutes.